The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We hope you had a great 4th of July. What about you, Dr. Fleck? How did you spend your 4th of July? I spent my 4th of July as a day off from work, sleeping, going to the gym, binge watching television shows, and watching the fireworks. Watching the fireworks. I didn't really watch the fireworks. I spent some time out on the water in the morning. Um, But before we move on, I wanted to let you know how sorry I've heard that your dog, BJ, is gone. Tell us about her. Well, I'm not sure what I want to say about her. I I certainly miss her. Um, What kind of dog was she? She was kind of an Aussie type mixed breed, had great agility, could jump, run, do crazy things. Um, and was such a rewarding part of my life. Um, and I have mixed feelings about it because as time goes on, I can't just be a pet parent. I have to be a veterinarian too and have to watch her go through all the beautiful parts of the earlier part, middle part of life, and then watch as they reach the golden age of their mm-hmm. lives, as all of you at home can understand with your own pets. Did she have cancer? She had cancer. I think it was splenic cancer. She was able to hold right off to the end, and it really didn't collect and force me to do something until it got bad enough within a 24-hour period. Right. It's something that we know, yes, pet parents, We know when it's time. We certainly don't want them to go through anything that they shouldn't go through. You don't want them to suffer, really. That's the and when they begin to do that, you have to please do what I've done and make the decision that you don't have to let them do that anymore. It's a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I can imagine when I think of my dog Hudson and I think of Thames and you know, I'm as a as a as a pet parent. You know, I think of coming home. There's nobody to greet me. At dinner time, I'm a pet parent, but a bad veterinarian because my pet <laughs> ate dinner with me. Had all the I had steak all the time. Had steak with me every night. Well, you're from the Midwest. Yeah. And well, then, I mean, look, yeah. she lived for till a ripe old age. You had her for a long time, and you had a loving relationship with her. And I think the key is when your pet is older and sick, you kind of have to make the decision. You can't let them suffer. You have to put them down, no matter even if you want to keep them around. But once they start to suffer, you have to come up with another plan. And I acted both as a veterinarian, as a pet parent about this also, because as a veterinarian, I could see the deterioration, how quickly it was coming in. Mm-hmm. I had the the abilities to give some medication that allowed her to have a quality of life longer than probably what would be expected. Right. But when it hit and it hit within 24 hours, they just look at you and you just know. No. Well, I think it would be a good idea to dedicate this show to BJ, your beloved dog, who is about 12 or 13 years old. She was 14 or 15. Oh, she was 14 or 15 Mm -hmm. years old. Wow. So we're going to dedicate this show to her. Thank you. But um, I think that it's time to talk about 
Well, we're going to talk about the show review. So can you give us the rundown of the show? Okay. Let me change my perspective here. This week on the Pet Buzz, we are talking about how a centenarian celebrated his birthday, what's happening at Walgreens, how pet apps can cause a potential cybersecurity risk, the perfect pet travel bag, how Robin of Batman and Robin spends his time these days and... Well, summer is here and the days are longer, the sun is brighter, and we spend more time outside. So these are really optimal conditions for taking awesome pictures of our family, friends, and our four-legged members of our family, our pets. But if you were to hand someone your phone right now, what would your camera roll look like? So if you answer consumed by pets, you aren't alone. A new survey by Mixbook asked Americans about the pictures and videos in their camera roll and how often they revisit these photos after taking them. Joining us today to talk about what to do with our photos and videos of our pets is Matt Zajahowski, the director of media relations at North Star Inbound, an award-winning digital content marketing agency. Matt, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Hi, thanks for having us. Super happy you know, to be here. Great, great. You know, we're curious. What prompted you all to conduct this survey? Sure. Yeah. Well, I think when thinking back about why we created this survey, um, we were all thinking about how we captured photos and memories, kind of like our pets, like you mentioned, or our family. Uh, and most of that happens today on our smartphone. So as a result of that, we wanted to survey Americans to learn uh, both about the types of pictures they're taking on their phones and also because technology technology can be unreliable, you know, what they're doing to store them, if they're backing them up, and most importantly, what they do with the pictures once they take them. And I think that's totally true. I mean, how many times have people had a problem with their phone or their computer? And then all that material is wiped. It's gone. Yeah, when they try to show me pictures that they have on their phone, uh-huh. it takes them forever. Right. And they and they haven't looked at those photos for and then forever. maybe they have maybe they can't even find <laughs> or maybe we should say forever forever okay so Matt what is flushing Correct. and what percentage of a camera roll is pets yeah that's a great question so flushing is kind of a term we created when we were doing the survey uh, and flushing the way we defined it was the act of taking pictures or videos on your phones that you never look at again. And I think a lot of us that we found are guilty of doing this. I am certainly guilty of this. So this one really hit home when we were doing about this. And then in terms of the percentage uh, of people who are taking pictures of their pets, uh, we found that 21% uh, of all respondents say they have photos on their phone that are pets. Uh, but for pet owners, that jumps even higher. Up to 29% of people say they have uh, photos of their pets. So love this statistic. Love to talk about it. It's great. I mean, that's so many people who take pictures and videos of their pets, even if it's doing the silliest thing like sleeping, right, or snoring. And then, of course, they take it and they post it on social media and then they never look at it again. You said only 29% of pet owners take pictures or videos? This is the people who did the survey. Yes, they said 29%. So basically every one in third picture yeah. has a pet on their phone. For non-pet owners, it went to one in five. So yeah, one in, one in three essentially. Well, let's get to the meat of that survey. Tell us what were the key takeaways. Yeah, so absolutely. So as I mentioned before, we found out that Americans said that they've got a lot of pictures on their phones. We found the average number uh, was 3,139 pictures of uh, and videos on their phone. So people are taking a lot of pictures, you know, daily, multiple times a day. 
And then almost 80% of the people that we surveyed say of those pictures, they, you know, they 80% of the time, they're not looking at them since they take them. So there's this habit, I think, to either document what our pets are doing, what our kids are doing, where we're at. We put it on our phone. Maybe we post it on social media, but most people aren't even doing anything with the photos after they take them. Yeah. And, and on top of that, too, we asked people how they felt about that. And we found that one of the big takeaways is that people are overwhelmed. So we found that 55% of the people that we surveyed say just the pure number. So that like 3,100 plus number that we mentioned a minute ago, they're simply overwhelmed by it. They're not sure what to do. Do they delete it? Do they just kind of leave it uh, to create as kind of digital dust? Uh, and that's one thing we found that a lot of people are doing. They're just simply not doing anything with the pictures. Uh, and one other really note that I thought was noteworthy. So the type of photos on our camera rolls are largely dependent on um, either our relationship status or our family makeup. So I'll give you a couple examples of here. Um, pet owners, as we mentioned, 29% uh, of their photos are of their pets. Uh, parents say that kids make up most of their camera roll, just a slight number, a slight tick above pet owners at 34%. Uh, and then looking at the demographic of non-pet owners with no kids, they're only taking pictures of the scenery or nature in their camera roll. So a lot can depend on how kind of our life or family makeup is, which I think, you know, will make sense to a lot of people when they hear that. Yeah. And I'm not surprised that kids and pets are very close because they're actually in this country now, there are more pets than there are children. And it's also the same in Japan. So isn't that interesting? What are you thinking? I could see the thought processes moving on in your head. I I'm listening to the volume of numbers of of pet pictures that the average person takes 3000. Did I interpret that properly? That, no, that's the, that's the total amount of pictures on their phone. So the 30, 30% of that. So about 300 would be, would be three to 400 would be the typical person. They have three to 400 pictures on their camera roll. Well, I have to break it and say, if you've just joined us, we're talking to North star inbounds, Matt Joskowski about what to do with all of our pet pics and videos on our phones. You know, Matt, since our show is syndicated, I'm sure our listening audience wants to know what states have the most pet pics or the folks that have the most pet pics in their camera rolls. We found uh, that there were 16 states that the people we surveyed said that their number one pick uh, type of pick in their camera roll is their pets. Uh, so residents of Connecticut, Georgia, Idaho, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Massachusetts, Michigan, Missouri, Nevada, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, and Utah, uh, and West Virginia. Congratulations, pets consume uh, your camera roll more than family, scenery, uh, kids, uh, just general information like menus or dining stuff. So uh, that was a really fun stat to see. Well, we need to take a commercial break because I can hear it on my phone. They're saying do it and then come back with Matt from North Star Inbounds to discuss what we can do to save our favorite pet pictures and videos. But also in the next segment will be Celebrity Pet Buzz. 
and flex facts. You are listening to the Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We love to communicate with you via social media. Use the Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and our buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz. The show is hosted by the dynamic pet duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Okay, well, we're back with Matt Joskowski, the director of media relations at North Star Inbound, discussing how to transform our camera rolls. Dr. Fleck, you had a question. Yeah, so what technology options can transform your camera roll? Sure. Yep. So the uh, company that commissioned this survey, Mixbook, they actually have an app um, that allows users to better organize their camera rolls. So it's free to download. And what it does, it instantly helps users to kind of organize your cluttered camera rolls and organize them into buckets so you can see, you know, here's all your pet pictures, here are your family pictures. And it allows users to, you know, organize your phone and then also gives them the options if um, you want to not rely on technology uh, and kind of go old school and actually print the photos out. Um, They have all sorts of options that can allow people to create photo books, cards, calendars, uh, all sorts of traditional things that you think of, I think, when you think of, you know, people taking photos and what they do with them. That sounds really cool because you can break it down if you have multiple pets, I think. Correct, Matt? Yeah, correct. And then you could break it down with different categories. So like if I wanted to take pictures of Ty, for example, he's passed on as a baby or Ty on television or what you and I talked about, taking pictures for an emergency situation, you can store that. Right, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. When you need to print them out. So you would need a headshot, a three quarters shot, a full body shot, and you would need specific markings that would be able to distinguish your pet from other pets, as well as maybe your license tag or any other information. That's pretty cool, right? That's very cool. Yeah. Very important. Well, it sounds like it's easy to use, right? The mix app. And like you said, it's free. And then what kind of offerings like photo books and things like that, maybe fit pictures. And what about videos? Because we really haven't talked about videos. Yeah, they're they're primarily uh, photo-based. Um, but um, in terms of what you can do with it, like I said, uh, the app um, is free to use. It's the number one rated app in photo books in the app store. So a lot of people are using it. Um, as I mentioned before, the instant organization, I think, is the biggest selling point of it since it can organize all your photos. Um, so in case, like you said, you need it for an emergency situation or if you just want to relive the memory, you know, maybe it's from like a summer vacation um, or when the puppy was younger. Those are instances where I could think it'd be really cool to look back at a certain point, you know, within the photos that you took. Um, but in terms of pricing, it's a free app to download. You can also create a free app on their website. Um, they offer 50% off uh, off first orders uh, and then pricing kind of just varies depending on what you create. You know, so if you want to create a calendar, a photo book, individual pictures, they're all options that you can do. You just need to go to their website to kind of see more about both the services they offer and then the pricing for doing it. You know, this is such an important discussion to have because every day in my practice, I'm seeing 12, 13, 14 year old pets 
that are beginning to come into the twilight of their life. And we forget that that's like being 70, 80, 90 years of age in our age group. So they're starting to have all those problems that we have later on in life. And it's the beginning of a realization that we aren't going to be able to share our life with that, that four-legged family member that much longer. And I encourage people to do exactly what you come here to share with us about the pictures, the videos, and to gather the pictures and videos that they've had before. You can make it a tangible asset. Because it'll be so rewarding in a short period of time. So what a wonderful time to have you here and what a wonderful discussion Absolutely. to have for our listeners. Absolutely. Let, let me thank you for joining us today. But before you leave, can you share your website to so that our listening audience can learn more about Mixapp? Yeah, thank, thanks again for having me. I, I really enjoyed this discussion. And like you said, I think it's very important for pet owners to to kind of think about this, both in terms of an emergency perspective and just cherishing the memories. Uh, in terms of the website, it's mixbook.com, M-I-X-B-O-O-K.com. You can also find their app uh, in the App Store, as I mentioned, uh, a lot of cool services, both for you know pet owners and non-pet owners alike. I think I'm going to try it. Good. Yeah. Just to remind you, that was Matt Joskowski, the Director of Media Relations at North Star Inbound, an award-winning digital content marketing agency discussing how to transform your camera roll into unforgettable, tangible memories. You know, I've been missing Celebrity Pet Buzz. What about you? And now, the latest news about celebrities and their pets. It's obsession. Aren't they cute? I have always loved Batman. Adam West was, if you can recall, the handsome billionaire Bruce Wayne that took care of his nephew, Robin, or in real life, Burt Ward. These days, Ward no longer fights crime in Gotham City, but he does still save lives. In 1994, Ward and his wife, Tracy, started Gentle Giants Rescue and Adoptions, a nonprofit that has found forever homes for over 15,000 dogs. The Wards always have had about 50 dogs at their residence, all ready for adoption. They live outside of Los Angeles in what Ward calls an animal-friendly community, which allows them to keep numerous rescue pooches in their home. Actresses Vanessa Williams and America Ferrara have adopted dogs from the wards, as well as Sam Simon, co-creator of The Simpsons. Ward and his wife's rescue work have inspired them to find other ways to improve the lives of pets. In 2005, the couple launched Gentle Giant Products, which provides natural pet food designed to extend the life expectancy of dogs and cats. The venture has been moving forward with the mission of helping animals enjoy a wonderful quality of a long life. Bet you've been missing Flex Facts too, right? Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction. Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about a relatively new drug in the market for veterinary industry called gabapentin. It's been used a lot in human medicine. Well, is it safe for dogs? First of all, let's say that it's an FDA-controlled substance drug. Okay. can only be administered under the direction of a veterinarian. Okay. But what it's for is for anxiety and pain. Okay. Like 4th of July, for example, or a holiday when there's lots of stress happening or you have a nervous pet who may be traveling, I guess you could give gabapentin under those circumstances? Yeah, you might look at this as being a neurological pain drug. In other words, okay. for the anxiety that they have for the July 4th, or like you said, for travel, 
definitely it's used for that. And now it's being used with some somatic pain drugs like tramadol or maybe some non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like uh, carbofen. So if you're giving it for anxiety and some pain, when do you not give it? I mean, what don't you prescribe it for? Well, it, it can be if you have kidney issues and you have okay. liver issues, it can be very deleterious to the to the pet. So that's interesting. Also, so, if you're pregnant uh-huh. or if you're lactating. So any of okay. the females, they can't take okay. it. OK, but then what's the safe dosage of gabapentin for dogs? And well, is it based on body weight or? Absolutely. It's okay. based, it is based on body weight. It's two milligrams per pound. OK. Uh, and it comes uh, only in pill form. OK. So if you have a hundred milligram pill, you would give one of those pills once a day. That would be for a 50 pound dog. But a big mistake that's making is, you know how many people get in the medicine cabinets for themselves or their their kids or somebody, right. now they're pets, and they get that gabapentin that's liquid for people? Don't ever do that. It's mixed with sweetener. And so we know the xylitol and all of the okay. sweeteners I got it. are toxic for the pets. So you you put your pet in a bad condition with with So don't, with once again, don't boom. mix your drugs, don't okay? So if the vet prescribes gabapentin for your dog, Stick with the gabapentin for your dog. What are other side effects to gabapentin? Well, especially in the older dog that has kidney or liver problems, mm-hmm. if it aggravates the liver or the kidney, just think of all the issues you could have in clinical signs for liver and kidney problems. I mean, to be vomiting, dehydration, just general sickness like the flu. Right. But you know what, what I see here is I see a lot more human drugs are being used for pets, right? Are you seeing that trend? That's why One Health is such an important feature in today's philosophy for the care of pets and for people. That's a good point, Dr. Fleck. Well, that was great reporting. Is there anything else? That's all the Flex facts for the week. Great. Really great reporting. Up next, I bet you can't wait for my likey of the week. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? EpiPet to the rescue. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, epi-pet.com. EpiPet is another proud sponsor of the Pet Buzz. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio, where we focus on enhancing the bond between pets and their people. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Let's kick off this segment with the I Likey of the Week. It's genius. It's to die for. Hey, are you going away for the weekend with Fido or Fifi? Do you ever need a travel bag to store their stuff? Well, I've got the bag for you. It's the Motoker Pet Travel Bag. I found it on Amazon. It's an airline-approved tote organizer with multifunction pockets for weekend pet travel getaways. It's great, which means it's unisex, right? And I love it because it's a nice size bag to store your pet stuff. It's 16 inches by 14 inches by eight inches, and it can fit under the seat. It's durable and safe. It's made out of water repellent Oxford outer material with PVC backing and a leak proof inner liner. Also included in the bag, or it comes with two dog food carrier bags, which I like. 
So you have something to store your pet food in. Water-resistant placemat so your dog can eat off of that. Two, dishwashable silicone collapsible pet bowls. And just so you know, they're in different colors. The colors are chosen randomly. You have nothing to do with it. You take what you get. While the inner apartment can store pet treats, toys, and more. It comes with multifunctional pockets and a built-in adjustable flap just to help you stay flexible and organized. You know, you can even use this travel organizer bag for everyday use to store all your pet essentials. So think doggy daycare. Okay. Think the pet sitter, think a boarding facility. So you got your food, your water, your treats, your Frisbee, your pet food, your first aid kit. And, you know, you don't even have to use it for traveling or boarding. You can do it for, you know, same day excursions. Think hiking, kayaking, picnicking, and more. Now here's the deal. It's priced at $79 on Amazon. Okay. That some of you might think that's expensive, but wait, There are other bags on Amazon that are similar, that look very similar, and they start at $29.99. And I got to tell you, they look pretty good too. So here's my money-saving tip. Go on Amazon. Hopefully, you're a Prime member. Order both, examine them both, and keep one and return the other one. I wouldn't be surprised if you kept the $29.99 or there's even a $39.99 bag on there. Whatever happens, let me know. I want to see which bag you ended up buying. Time now for the Pet Buzz Mailbag. You've got mail. Dr. Fleck, this mailbag question is from Dana Riley for Michigan, your home state, by the way. She wrote, Dr. Fleck, my dog has a large hot spot. It's not from fleas or ticks or scratching, but she thinks it's from a tea tree oil shampoo that she used as a preventative measure after hiking one afternoon. She said she gave him a bath with this quote unquote natural shampoo because she wanted to make sure she didn't bring home any fleas or made sure he didn't have any ticks. And a few weeks later, he's lost most of his hair in this one spot. She wants to know what she should do, and she needs your advice. Well, it probably wasn't caused by the shampoo. Okay. It was probably caused when she walked through the woods or through the grasses out in the environment because the environment produces allergies, which Mm -hmm. is what this is. It's a concentrated spot of allergies on the skin. Okay. Um, and uh, it's caused it's caused with the terminology uh, atopy, which is comes about either through contact, ingestion, or inhalation. So think as she's walking through the grasses and the park and everything, that the dog has got his nose down. It's going to be coming into contact with everything. So it's going to pick nose, up something. Okay. This guy, so skin. it has an allergy reaction. Then it goes into the system and it may concentrate itself on a certain part of the body. And that's where the reaction comes okay. where they have a hot spot. So in this sense, it manifested on the pet's leg. So should she take her dog to the vet? Absolutely. Okay. Cause especially since of the hair loss Absolutely. and the scratching. Absolutely. And what will the vet do? Well, the vet will have his or her particular approach about how to reverse this. Okay. Um, there's a number of medications that are used for anti-inflammatory, anti-itch. It could be uh, a combination of treatment protocols, including injections, including oral medication, including topicals. 
So that's great information because a lot of times that's what happens to us when we're doing something with our dogs and we get a hot spot. And sometimes we don't really know how they're caused. But don't wait. Why let okay. them go through the pain and the exactly. misery? Exactly. And the scratching. And you're going to be through misery because at night it's going to keep you awake. <clears throat> that's true. So hopefully this is good advice for Dana. We want her to keep listening to the show and definitely take your dog to the vet as soon as possible and just be careful when you're out in nature because there's so much going on there yeah you know little little things that she can do is when she gets home brush the dog make sure she wipes the paws and maybe the shampoo that the veterinarian recommends that's a good point so try another shampoo that yeah sure hey it seems as if our next guest is on the phone so charlotte can you introduce the segment I'm a bit nervous because I don't understand all this pet tech stuff. So pet tech, the technology in the pet care industry to improve the health, well-being and overall quality of the life of pets is growing rapidly and includes a wide range of products, many of which I have in the prop room. Mm -hmm. They include GPS trackers, automatic feeders and pet cameras. Alas, new research has shown that these pet and animal related apps are creating cybersecurity risk for pet owners. That's really fascinating. And joining us today to discuss the new research is Scott Harper, a PhD student at Newcastle University School of Computing and the lead author of the study. I have to clarify, that's University of Newcastle in the UK, not in Australia. Okay, great, in the UK. Scott, welcome to the Pet Bus today. We're happy you're here with us. Hi, Bo. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited that you're here. So I'm going to start out with the first question. So in your study, you write pet tech, such as smart collars and GPS trackers for your cat or dog is a rapidly growing industry. And it brings with it new security, privacy and safety risks to pet owners. What new security, privacy and safety risk is pet tech bringing to owners? Uh, so I'd say as we're all interconnected, internet connected devices that people are bringing into their homes they introduce an additional attack avenue for a potential attacker to take advantage of um, with these devices collecting information from inside their homes. I think especially with pet tech, owners are likely to not be focused on security as an aspect of a product you're buying. You're more focused on the welfare of your pets because that's like the reason why these products are designed. So they, especially in this case, might not be aware of any potential security vulnerabilities they might be introducing to their home. You know, I, I think that's totally true because I've worked for a lot of pet tech companies and I only have one guy who had a security background who designed a pet tech product. And then he in turn has bought up a lot of pet tech products that's already existed on the marketplace. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. You just never think about that. Can you talk to us about how you conducted your study? OK, yeah. So I did two studies. Um, so one was looking at the application is in the phone apps uh, around these technologies. Uh, for that, it was a security and privacy analysis of these apps. I did 20 farm apps and 20 pet apps. Um, so we did a, um, for the privacy analysis, we did a dynamic and static analysis of the tracking software being uh, that is present on these apps. And for the security analysis, we did a network traffic analysis um, to identify any security vulnerabilities within the traffic. What does that all mean? Yeah. We understand cybersecurity risk. So like tracking, meaning they're tracking your movements with your dog physically or tracking you on your computer. 
it does get a little confusing because it's both. Um, there are trackers like as well as activity monitors uh, to physically track the movement of your pet. But then applications also communicate with um, tracking software, um, which is these uh, pieces of software, which they gather information about the person using the application, um, as well as like how they use their phone. And it's the sort of data that's collected about the user. So there's that as well as tracking devices as a separate okay. thing. So they might, you know, know that I use a ring doorbell or they might know that what stores I shop in from my apps. So essentially they're, they're getting in the back door to see everything you have in your home. Uh, tracking software is very common um, and it is allowed, obviously. It's just you have to normally consent for it, um, like give your consent that the data is being collected by you. So we need to go to a commercial break, but we're going to finish this fascinating and necessary conversation <laughs> with Newcastle University School of Computing, Scott Harper. He's a Ph.D. candidate, and he actually did research about how pet tech apps are putting pet owners at risk. You know, we live our lives with our phones and our apps and all of the technology, even in our cars. Um, also up next is Global Pet News and Tell Me Something Good. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck here at the Pet Buzz. We are urban, suburban, and, and country. Well, we're back with Scott Harper, a PhD candidate at the Newcastle University in the UK about how pet tech is putting pet owners at risk. Scott, can you give us some ideas of the pet apps and products that we should be wary of? Uh, yeah, so as to the specific apps that we found issues with, I don't want to name them uh, currently, but they are, uh, you can see them in the paper, which should be um, available to everyone. But we say generally in terms of wariness that people should be wary of any new internet connected uh, devices that they bring into their homes, including these pet devices. Any device, um, any of these technologies where they're entering their personal information on, and username and passwords, they need to be aware of the potential um, data that's being collected about them and the security of these devices. For example, one of the things that you should be concerned with is where you get your app. So it's better to go with a, a known commodity than just some random place where you can download your apps. Uh, yeah, definitely, where it can be regulated in some way. So in your studies, did the pet owners know that their security had been breached? Um, so in terms of actual attacks that have happened, there aren't really many. Um, so we also did a survey of um, incidents that people have um, had happen to them and the incidents they believe may occur. And we didn't really find anyone that's actually had a cyber attack happen to them through their pet devices. But we did find that many of the people in the study um were wary of potential data leaks or someone else accessing their account and someone potentially causing the device to stop working. Um, we also found that people tended to take fewer precautions for their uh, pet technologies in terms of their security compared to their general online security. Um, so that would leave them more susceptible to any attack. 
So in other words, people are so enamored with their pets and making sure they can care for them. They just got sloppy and careless when it came to cybersecurity. The gist of this conversation is to help our pet owners so that they can't be breached. Right. Their security and their and their data on their computer. Like you said, they love their pets so much that they don't take that into consideration right. as much. And I suspect that that was part of what you found in your study, that they're so eager to want to deal with their pets that <laughs> they forget about that protecting yeah, themselves. Yeah, they want to they treat their pets yeah. so well. Big question, what can pet owners do to protect themselves? Okay, so there's a few different things they can do. So generally, just to be wary of any new devices they bring into their home and to try and research the devices if they can to see if there is some sort of privacy rating to do them or if the security has been mon- like checked in some way. Um, also, general online security. So avoid repeating passwords and make sure that your passwords are secure. In the case that a password is leaked, it won't affect you in other applications. Um, where possible, check the settings of the application or device so that you can consider the data that um, you are sharing through the device. If there's any way to control the amount of data you're giving out, um, just look into that. Also look for online guides. So there's the Mozilla Privacy Not Included Guide online, which uh, they have done privacy and security ratings um, of uh, IoT devices, so Internet of Things devices, and they do include a few pet technologies on there. Um, As well as that, keep systems up to date um, to prevent any security vulnerabilities in them and use two-factor authentication wherever you can uh, with these devices. That might mean your password, and that might mean you'll get um, a a code to put into your computer. Well, this is fascinating. There's a lot to learn. Oh, boy. And how. So, Scott, thank you so much for joining us today and bringing to light such an important, now understandably, a pet owning topic. Can you give us your protected website (laughs) where we can learn more about your study? Um, yeah, so both of my papers are available um, via Google Scholar. They should be public access. And then I also do have a homepage, including details of my work, which is accessible through um, the Google Scholar account. And I also have it. I don't know if you want me to read it out or if you'll like. I'll get that link from Scott. We'll put it on our social media channels. And that way you can have it and you could check out the paper. It's easy to read, not too much scientific garb. So it should, you should be able to get through it and you'll learn a lot. Just to remind you, that was Scott Harper, a PhD student at the University of Newcastle School of Computing and the lead author of a study entitled, Are Our Pets Leaking Information About Us? Hey, it's an international pet world. Let's hear some global pet news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. I don't know if you heard this, but pharmacy chain Walgreens plans to close 150 locations in the U.S. and 300 locations in the U.K. At the present time, the company did not announce which stores will be closed in the U.S. as well as the U.K. Now, these stores are set to close by the end of 2024. Now, it's important to note that many pet parents fill prescriptions for their fur babies at various Walgreens locations. The company asserted some of the benefits of filling prescriptions at Walgreens 
Walgreens include lower cost pet prescriptions, maybe less at Walgreens than at your veterinarian's office, even though it's the same medication. And this is because the markups are generally higher at your vet's office and there's usually a dispensing fee. Now, if your pet takes medication with regular refills, Walgreens had tooted, this was their philosophy for using them, that you can save a substantial bit of money at Walgreens. So here's the other perk about actually filling prescriptions at Walgreens. There's a family prescription management system. It's super easy to add your pet onto your Walgreens online pharmacy account and manage their prescriptions as though they were your own. Also, here's another great perk. You get refill reminders. So if your pet has refills remaining on their medication, sign them up for refill reminders and you'll never have to remember to refill it again. You just hit reply and send the refill to the prescription. Now, these are all great. But now that we know that some Walgreens locations are closing, you might want to continually check with your current Walgreens location so that your pet medication as well as yours will not be affected by the change. A lot of times when they close a pharmacy that's in a chain, they'll refer it to someplace else, but that someplace else might not be convenient for you, or perhaps you can order the medication online. You have to decide. So go in the store and say, hey, is this Walgreens location closing? Just so you know, and you'll be pet prepared. And now for the good stuff. News of the day got you down? No worries. Pet trendologist Charlotte Reed is here with Tell Me Something Good. This is a necessity like air and oxygen. Tell me something good. When Allison Moore began brainstorming ideas for her father's 100th birthday celebration, she knew that dogs needed to be part of the plan. It had been several decades since her dad, Robert Moore, had a dog of his own. So he relies on extended family to ensure that he gets his, let's say, let's call it puppy fix. So when his children and grandchildren visit him in his assisted living community, they either bring their own dogs or get this, they borrow a friend's dog. You got to love that. Okay, they borrow a friend's dog. Well, six days before his birthday celebration, Allison posted on the neighborhood networking site Nextdoor. I'm glad to see there's something positive on Nextdoor, as well as Facebook explaining her idea and asking for dogs in San Jose, California, to stop by the house for a pet parade outside on June 17th. While people started sharing her posts in local groups on social media. And since the post got some traction, Allison expected about 20 or 30 dogs to show up. Well, she was stunned shortly after the parade started at 11 a.m. on June 17th, more than 200 canines congregated waiting patiently for their turn to be pet by her dad. Yes, her dad petted all of the dogs and engaged with all of the pet owners. Not only did these people bring pets, Okay, but they showed up with cards. They made posters. Some brought cupcakes, some brought cakes. And then there was friends who knew Allison's father liked classic cars. So what did they do? These folks showed up in classic cars with dogs. Allison's dad was ecstatic. He spent all the time talking to the dogs, talking to the kids, saying everybody's name. You know, it's really not easy being 100 years old. Because in most cases, for the 
centenarian, their spouse, and most or all of their friends are gone. They get lonely. Even with family, they get lonely because they miss that bond they had with their spouse and they miss that bond that they had with their friends. But it's been several decades since Robert Moore had a dog of his own, like I said. So, I mean, this was just absolutely amazing, not only for for Allison's dad, but for a local resident who suffers from dementia, he was brought by his daughter with their dog. And that man also had a great time. So all in all, everyone had a good time making Robert Moore a centenarian happy. For the community love that the Moore family received, they thanked the community and their local paper, the Keene Sentinel. Now, I got to tell you, it's a great story. It's a fantastic idea for a birthday party. Now, that's something good. Well, it's time. Did you hear those bells again? Yep. Before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show. Next week, we're talking about moving with pets and knowing state pet regulations, as well as celebrating canine diversity. Dr. Fleck, can you thank our guests? Special thanks to our guests, Matt Sajahowski and Scott Harper. And of course, we must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. If you have a question, write to us at team at the We will cover it on next week's show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channel and listen to the link podcast on Monday morning. But most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. www.thepetbuzz.com Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.